All right, uh, lift off and the clock has started. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Okay, yeah, we've had a problem here. Say again, please. Oh, you're we've had a problem. Hey everybody, this is uh, episode 422 of The Space Shot. We've got a, a special live episode covering some special uh, Apollo 13 50th anniversary resources that are available um, online through a ton of different websites. First up, the Apollo 13 in real time website is absolutely fantastic. I highly recommend that you check it out. Uh, ben Feist and his team took months to assemble the videos, the pictures, the audio content, the transcripts, everything on this website is just world-class. So definitely check it out. I know I'm going to be having it playing in real time on my Apple TV here over the next couple days. So check it out. Um, after that, one of the YouTube channels that I really enjoy is Scott Manley, and he's got a really cool video on what caused the explosion in that oxygen tank on Apollo 13. Um, I'll be linking to that as well. Um, Andy Saunders, I interviewed him a couple episodes ago about the restoration work that he's been doing. He's sharing some incredible pictures. There's one of Fred Hayes in the lunar module where Andy literally stitched together hundreds of different frames to create this panorama that's just phenomenal. Um, the Cosmosphere obviously is also doing some really cool content. Tomorrow, a new website is launching that's going to have tons of resources as well. Um, there's going to be an event, a live stream with Jim Remar, the CEO, on Monday. And also on Thursday, their Coffee at the Cosmo event. Um, Jim's going to be talking about all things Apollo 13 and is going to be doing it right in front of Odyssey, which is super cool as well. Um, also for the Cosmosphere, obviously, the posts that I've been doing for the 13 days of Apollo 13. Those are going to continue out um, throughout next week, so be sure to check those out as well. And then also, NASA has a ton of videos for the 50th anniversary. Um, the Apollo 13 Home Safe video was really nice, um, nicely done, really fun to watch. I watched that earlier today. Um, there's also a uh, S4B Booster Impact Experiment video with some newly discovered audio that's really cool as well. And then... My favorite, which is just really cool, uh, you know, put on like a big screen TV or a projector if you've got it. Uh, but it's a view of Apollo 13 going around the moon in 4K. Um, all of these resources will be linked to in the show notes for the podcast version of this. Um, I'll also be sharing them on Facebook throughout the next day. So everybody get, get ready for a uh, onslaught of links to some really amazing content. Um, for the rest of this episode, for the podcast, I'll be sharing some audio from the mission itself and a little bit more history. That's going to be it for tonight for the live stream on Facebook. Um, as always, hit me up if you have questions or comments. I'll try to respond to everybody as quickly as I can. Um, this next week's going to be kind of a blur, but I'm really looking forward to sharing uh, all of this history with all of you. So thanks for dropping by tonight. Um, I'll still be online a little bit longer tonight, so if you have any other questions, send me a message. Uh, reach out. I'd love to hear from you and hope everybody is uh, doing well in your neck of the woods. Stay safe.
I just want to thank everyone that tuned in to the live episode on the Facebook page for the Space Shot. I'm going to be trying to do more videos um, and live events here over the next year, so stay tuned for more details. Now it's time for some history. The story of Apollo 13 starts nearly a year before the mission launched, in May of 1969. One of the liquid oxygen tanks was removed from the Apollo 10 command module, so it could be modified. During this process, it was dropped, quote, two inches, slightly jarring an internal fill line. The tank was replaced with another for Apollo 10, and the exterior inspected. The internal fill line was not known to be damaged, and this tank was later installed in Apollo 13. About a year later, in March of 1970, during a countdown demonstration test for the Apollo 13 mission, engineers dealt with a problem from this tank. The oxygen tanks in the command module held liquid oxygen. This oxygen was used to generate atmosphere and was critical in the functioning of other life support and power systems on board the spacecraft. The Apollo command module relied on fuel cells for its power, so these spacecraft carried both hydrogen and oxygen tanks. One of the other byproducts of the fuel cells was water, which crews were able to drink during their missions. Here's some more information on tank number two, serial number 10024X-TA0009, the tank that ruptured on Apollo 13. According to NASA, quote, Inside each spherical tank were a quantity gauge, a thermostatically controlled heating element, and two stirring fans driven by electric motors. The fans were occasionally operated to homogenize the fuel in the tank, it tended to stratify, leading to erroneous quantity readings. All wiring inside the tank was insulated with Teflon, a fluorocarbon plastic that is ordinarily non-combustible. I'm linking to the source of this quote and others in the show notes if you're interested in reading more technical details on this tank. Let's continue with this quote. During pre-flight testing, tank number two showed anomalies and would not empty correctly, possibly due to the damaged fill line. On the ground, the tanks were emptied by forcing oxygen gas into the tank and forcing the liquid oxygen out. In space, there was no need to empty the tanks. The heaters in the tanks were normally used for very short periods to heat the interior slightly, increasing the pressure to keep the oxygen flowing. It was decided to use the heater to boil off the excess oxygen, requiring 8 hours of 65-volt DC power. This NASA article notes that this probably damaged the, quote, thermostatically controlled switches on the heater, designed for only 28 volts. There's a picture that I linked to online last week that shows the switches welded shut, NASA notes that the temperature inside these tanks could have risen to over 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. This article continues that, quote, The gauges measuring the temperature inside the tank were designed to measure only to 80 degrees Fahrenheit, so the extreme heating was not noticed. The high temperature emptied the tank, but also resulted in serious damage to the Teflon insulation on the electrical wires to power fans within the tank. In view of the difficulty of replacing the oxygen shelf, a job that would take at least 45 hours and the possibility that other components might be damaged in the process, 
and the launch would be delayed for a month, NASA and contractor officials decided not to replace the tanks. Later in this episode, I'll be sharing the mission audio from the point that the tank ruptured, so stay tuned for that. For now, let's step back 50 years to April of 1970. Had it been decided to replace the tank, there was a backup launch window the next month. Instead, Apollo 13 lifted off on its fateful voyage on April 11, 1970 at 2.13 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. The original goal for this mission was to land in the hilly upland region of the moon, the Frau Mora Highlands. The original crew members for the Apollo 13 mission were astronauts Jim Lovell, Ken Mattingly, and Fred Hayes. Mattingly was inadvertently exposed to the German measles in the days before launch, necessitating his replacement. This meant that Jack Swigert became the command module pilot just under three days before liftoff. The crew switch at the last minute wasn't the only unexpected event in this mission. After lifting off, the first stage performed flawlessly, and then the second stage took over. According to NASA, quote, the thrust chamber pressure oscillations in the center engine diverged from a level of 10 to 500 psi, peak to peak, in only three seconds. Acceleration reached 68 Gs at the center engine attachment, which translated into three inches of stroke. A quick note, stroke in this case is referring to how much the center engine pushed against the structure of the S2. NASA notes that the center engine was shut down by a thrust chamber pressure OK switch that sensed low average chamber pressure and initiated shutdown before any detectable failure. The vibration was confined to that center engine on the second stage. The outer four engines burned for an extra period of time to make up for the performance loss of that center engine. After a successful translunar injection, the crew was on their way to the moon. Nearly 56 hours into the mission, the crew of Apollo 13 had wrapped up a TV transmission that was sent back to Earth. After that, they had some housekeeping items to take care of. At 55 hours, 53 minutes into the flight, Command Module Pilot Jack Swigert stirred the cryo tanks, one of which was the defective tank number two. In the seconds after this switch was flipped, the Teflon coating slowly burned away and caught fire. The resulting fire weakened the tank, and the pressure resulting from this conflagration caused tank number two to rupture. This detonation damaged the other oxygen tank and other parts inside this section of the service module. With how NASA had designed the service module at this point, there were no backup oxygen tanks in other parts of the service module, so losing both oxygen tanks was a catastrophic failure. In these tense moments after the explosion, the crew and ground controllers worked to grasp what had happened with the service module. Gene Krantz remembers that, quote, each controller stared incredulously at his display and reported new pieces to add to the puzzle. It took extra seconds sorting out what was real and what was credible. It appeared we were losing our oxygen, and with it, the fuel cells, the major source of power. When that happened, we would lose control of the main propulsion system. Nothing remotely like this had ever happened in simulation. As we watched the command module's life-sustaining resources disappearing, like blood draining from a body, 
the voices of the crew were unbelievably calm and restrained. When you listen to the mission audio later in this episode, take a moment to reflect on how collected Lovell, Hayes, and Swigert were during this extremely stressful time. Flight directors directed the crew to shut down the command module and transfer everything over to the lunar module. We'll talk more about the lunar module being used as a lifeboat in the next episode. For the rest of today, check out the audio from Apollo 13. I want to mention that both audio tracks are available on archive.org, and a huge thanks to John Stoll for contributing these NASA tracks to this website. Creative Commons content on archive.org is a fantastic resource, and these audio tracks barely scratch the surface for the amount of content that's related to Apollo 13 and the entire Apollo program. Also, be sure to check out apolloinrealtime.org. The Apollo 13 mission is running live there right now, and it is fantastic. For now, I'll leave you in the extremely capable hands of the Apollo 13 crew. I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Roger, we copy. Uh, and the uh, TV show was great. Flight GNC. Oh, GNC. Can we verify that they enabled C4 thruster? Okay, I'm going to maneuver to zero six zero zero nine zero zero. Okay, verify that they re you're showing it disabled yet? Yeah. Yeah. Thirteen, we'd like to do check C four thruster. Ecom EPS. I was waiting for you to call. Yeah, 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 Flight Ecom. Go Ecom. We've got forty amp hours back in battery B now. We got a reading of minus two degrees in the docking. Index. We'd like to uh, got it, know if that's okay. full precise or if it's 2.1 or 1.9. Minus 2.0 precisely. Thank you. Okay, all flight controllers, I want to go around the horn and uh, pick up anything you need configuration-wise. Tell okay, you. We've got one more item for you go when ahead, you get a chance. Uh, we'd like to uh, worried about any configuration items. They apparently have not closed the limb hatch yet. Okay. So you're happy that you don't need them to verify that, uh, what is it, activation 2-3 of those pages we're on? That's right. Okay, yes, we've had a problem here. Okay. Go. Hey, what do you think about that Stay gauging again, thing? I think that's a lot of... Well, who are you or what? I haven't had a chance. Are you talking about guy named Okay. Uh, they think it's 180 Amp spike on it uh, once before. Your friend. The interim here, uh, we're starting to uh, go ahead and button up the tunnel again. Yeah. Yeah, that that jolt uh, must have rocked uh, uh, the sensor. Uh, on uh, C now in O2, uh, quantity 2, it's uh, okay, GNC, was on the weight uh, down around 20 to 60%. Now it's full scale high again. Capcom looks like the last item we uh, need. 
need here is a stir on the H202. And uh, Houston, we had a restart on our computer. We have pink light and, uh, and the restart reset. Roger, restart. And a restart. Coming up on an MCW, huh? And, uh, and I'm looking at this, Pacific Module RCS NM1, we have B as Barbara Pole. That MCW already occurred, Ecom. I missed it. NM2, B as Barbara Pole. And secondary propellant, we have A and B Barbara Pole. PMAC temperatures. Okay, AC2 is showing zip. I'm trying to reconfigure on that, Jack. Okay, let's make sure we get the stir first, George. Can you hang on? We got a, uh, main uh, he did read it up to now, too, yeah, Main A undervolt. Hey guys, look at your uh, O2 quantities and see if you see a big change. Main B's reading zip right now. Uh, Houston, uh, on Okay, Houston, we'd like you to attempt to reconnect fuel cell 1 to main A and fuel cell 3 to main B. Verify that quad delta is open. Go, guys. We finally got our delta H. Okay, Houston, I'm showing. I tried to reset and fuel cell 1 and 3 are both showing gray flag. Okay, Houston, are you still reading 13? That's affirmative. Uh, we're reading you. We're uh, trying to come up with some good ideas here for you. Okay, let me give you some reading, Gay, in the interim to help uh, main A uh, voltage, Jack. I've got the bus IC on. Say again, Fred. That's just what I'm saying. The interim to help out main A voltage, I've got main bus tie bad AC on. I would rather accept the 25 volts that we're seeing on main A. DCSE cam. Okay, bus tie AC on. You getting your stir now on the O2? Dean Houston, we need Omni Charlie, please. Might be. No, that's data. We've gone off the high Dean. Dean Houston, uh, we'd like you to verify a couple ratings for us. Uh, we'd like the nitrogen pressure on fuel cell one. We need the oxygen pressure on fuel cell two. Okay, nitrogen on one and oxygen on two. Is that correct? Negative oxygen on three. What's the matter with the data? We got more of a problem. Okay, listen, listen, you guys. We've lost uh, fuel cell one and two pressure. We lost uh, O2 tank two pressure. And temperature. Okay. Stand by, they got a problem. And uh, two Baker, which is uh, three oxygen. Uh, two Baker says uh, point six. And, uh, say again the other one. I believe the crew reported. Okay, fly. We've got some instrumentation flights. Let me let me add them up. Rog. Okay, in Houston, we'd like you to open circuit fuel cell one. We may have had an instrumentation problem. Okay, uh, let's get let's get our instrumentation uh, lined up here, you guys. DCS, what do you got? Ground, are you copying us? Air to ground. Two quantity number two is zero. Okay. Yeah, that's just because of AC and I look. And we had a pretty large bank associated with the caution and warning there. And as I recall, B and B was the one that uh, had a into the, uh, into the spike on it uh, once right before. Right over top of your venting. Okay. 
Okay. Is that pressure coming down? Is that reflected anywhere? Negative. Negative. Say again, Larry. No signal gate. No common signal gate. Go ahead and button up the tunnel again. Sorry, we got to find out what the configuration is on the cryo tanks, on the heaters and fans. Okay, let's check our electrical now, you guys. Dane Houston, uh, we see you get hey, we've again problem with the we'll like one to uh, two. bring up if we're believing that out of we got these on main A, C1, C2, C3, C4 on main A, and also bring B3 and yeah. D4. Okay, you reported an AC2 glitch. Dane Houston, you read? I was uh, running some calculation MC. How about you, Steve? Negative. Okay, can you tell us anything about Okay, there's AC2 again. Uh, what time do you see it at? Coming out of window one right now, Jack. And uh, could you give me the thrusters again? Okay, ECSE count is every reflector AC2. Field cell three like, currents uh, gone to zero. On main A, we'd like Charlie one, two, three, and four. By the way, main B is search tanks holding in there. Bravo, okay, okay. Main A. We need to put a fuel cell on uh, bus B. Okay, so we like got a lot of instrumentation problems. Go ahead, Spring. Difference there uh, is to the uh, well, let's get some Fuel cells one and three are offline. Right, We've got main A volts. We have no main B volts. Well, I'm attempt to re, uh, reconnect the fuel cells. From, uh, fuel cell one to main A. Fuel cell to reduce uh, three to main B. Let's just try that. One back to main A. Fuel cell three back to main B. Main A three to main B. Let's see what happens. Okay, now is there? Do we have instrumentation? Well, we've lost eight. It does appear we've lost AC bus two voltage. Main B is reading uh, uh, four volts, and that effectively takes AC two away from us. Yeah, and he reported barber poles on the fuel cell on the board too. Let's see if we can get our uh, DC back. Roger. Go ahead, GNC. Verify that the quad delta helium valves are open. I'd also check for those pages in your uh, launch chapter. Yeah, are you seeing an attitude problem, or are you seeing pages, some uh, high levels of skipping problems? Uh, uh, some low pressure. Like it okay, 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 okay. Checklist, check. Which would be symptomatic of the helium valve. Roger, uh, power down until you get a amperage. Pod number two, helium valve open. Down. Larry, you don't believe that O2 tank one pressure, do you? No, 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 search tank's good. Gotcha. Oh, control Houston, uh, we repeat again that uh, manifold's good, ECS is good. Main bus B on the uh, command and service module is now off the line. They're functioning in bus A. Fuel cells one and three uh, connected uh, with bus B. 
are now yeah, off the line. Yeah, we wanted to get fuel cell one configured to main A, fuel okay, cell three to main B. Pass that up. Let's attempt that flight. We'd like you to attempt to reconnect fuel cell one to main A and fuel cell three to main B. Verify that quad delta is open. Roger, we copy B-Bag two and warm up. We'll follow you through. Okay, uh, uh, right uh, 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 you think that boat's going to the boat's going to the boat's going to the boat's going to but we're oh, showing zero, uh, and he's reading zero on the current, so are we. Right. Roger. Let, let's you want to configuration? Uh, yeah, put okay, gotcha. Uh, 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 like Go let's reverse the configuration uh, request. Okay, but wait a minute. We got a good main A bus. Let's make sure that whatever we do doesn't screw up main A. Fuel cell two is on main A flight. I'm not going to ask to change that. Okay, what do you want to do? Let's try to put fuel cell one on main B, fuel cell three on main A. We'll use the other uh, sensing circuitry. Fuel cell number one on main B, fuel cell three on main A. Roger. Okay, We're not going to touch fuel cell two flight. Okay, but if we've got any problems in the system, I want to make sure that we don't blow the voltage off one, main A, and then we're not going to be able to see anything. Okay, it's on AC1. Okay, we're drawing a... You got, can we review our status here, Si, and see what we've got from a standpoint of status? What do you think we got in a spacecraft that's good? Main bus A is reading 25 volts. Okay, main A, and that's okay, reflected by the fact that fuel cell 2 is putting out uh, 53 amps, which is just about the most it can keep our voltage up. Okay. So that's okay. bona fide. AC bus 2 is zero, which is reflected by the fact we lost main B. Okay, Jack, AC bus, standby flight. Go EPS. Let's throw a battery on bus B and bus LK. That's we have to back it up. We're getting on the boat. Okay. If we want to keep much, oh, yeah. standby has changed configuration. Got battery A on main A. Let's get battery A main A now. Okay. That's what I was going to ask you. Put a battery on flight. Flight in, go. Go and copy it on the Bravo. Our high game will drive that AC2. Okay, you want Omni Bravo? Right. EPS can. Yeah. Why don't we just try fuel cell one on main B by itself to see if that takes. Well, we're showing low N2 pressure on fuel cell one. We're showing low O2 pressure on fuel cell three. I want to suck out what those fuel cells are doing. And make sure your lights are down. We might have a pressure problem in a fuel cell, it looks like. Yeah, that can't be. I, I can't believe that right off the bat. Yeah, BMAG is part of the uh, FCS system on but the not uh, Apollo command module. Of course, we're still attached to the lunar module, so this 
is less of a crucial item. To yeah, if you believe that into pressure, we blew a sphere. We're at uh, 56 hours, uh, 34 minutes into the flight, continuing to monitor this as Apollo Control Houston. Yeah, we might have lost fuel cell one. And it looks like fuel cell two, three is gone too. Okay, Houston, we'd like you to fuel cell three. Say again, Bang. We were reading 15 PSI on fuel cell 3. Okay. Yeah, you want to get an onboard read out there? Yeah. Okay. You want fuel cell 1 and, and 2? And 2 and fuel cell 3. 13 Houston, we'd like you to turn all your Bravo thrusters off. Flight ECOM. Go Okay, let's get a readout on a couple fuel cell pressures here. Okay. Fuel cell 1 and 2 pressure. Fuel cell 302 pressure. We're reading 0 and 2 pressure in fuel cell 1. 13 PSI on fuel cell 302 pressure. 13 Houston, turn on fuel cell 1. And 2 pressure. Uh, we were okay. Oh, fuel cell 3. Oh, 2 pressure. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, let's get those to start. It's off. It's off. Uh, when, when this hardware restart, he was doing a critical maneuver, and uh, that should have killed it, but it fell too. Let's go ahead. I think we ought to disconnect fuel cell three. Houston, we'd like you to isolate your O2 surge tank. Fuel cell one from A. Let's disconnect them and take those pressure readouts. Okay, Jack, are you copying? Oh, you want to get it off? And see if we can bring those pressures back up. If we remove the load. That's affirmative, and uh, we're trying to get uh, power to that tank. Stand by, we're working on it. Now, wait a minute. I see the temp's not coming down. The TCU is hanging in there. Uh, yeah, this the fuel cell three. We're showing the radiator uh, heat projection for standby. Standby. Back in the Copy, no problem. Go tell me if the limb heater currents become essentially static. ECS, ECOM. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. This is... Which is 3 oxygen, says 0.6. Two bakers is 0.6 and uh, staying in the other one. Turn the heaters on manually, we'll watch the pressure for you. Fuel cell 1, nitrogen, reads 0. Roger, 0. Roger, uh, we realize that uh, we feel we want to have five more amps on it. We confirm that, right, Dick? Right. That's what we're reading. Okay. Okay. I That's just get it 302 right now. But we're reading okay, uh, here. Okay. He said, didn't he say two baker? It's 0.6. Houston, uh, we'd like you to additionally bring on the fans in O2 tank one. And uh, we can stand the additional okay. amperage on that. Let's remove the load from the fuel cell and see if it'll recover. You want to take uh, make you want to take make sure the fuel cell three, three. and the fuel take cell one are bus. disconnected, huh? Take it up, take fuel cell three off the bus. Okay. Fuel cell one and three. Yeah. Econ. Flight. Flight econ. Go ahead. Uh, why don't we try? Leave Houston, fuel cell like 2 alone and just make sure that 1 and 3 are disconnected from those buses. And make sure that there won't be any load on them at all. 
We see what happens to the cells. What do you want to do? Open circuit fuel cell one and three? That's for our flight. Okay. Capcom, let's recommend we open circuit fuel cell number one and number three and leave fuel cell number two as is. Okay, one and three open circuit two as is. Why don't we just open circuit one and make sure that we don't have any problems getting that back on in the bus. Helps you just watch it for a while before we make any further moves with three. Right. Okay, Capcom, let's just open circuit one of those right now. Leave two and three as is. And uh, 13, we'd like to verify that both B mags are off, please. Flight uh, track. Uh, uh, negative. We just have uh, one B mag. B mag uh, number one is still on. We can That's Roger Flight. That's the. Uh, okay, Jack. Let's take B mag right. one off. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. Thanks, sir. Thanks. Roger. 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 Let me look at the system flight for the Benning is concerned. Okay. Now, fuel cell 3 is one. We look like we've got good into pressure. Flight, say again. You called in your backup becomes now. See if we can get some more brain power in this we thing. We got one. Roger. Flight in, go. Jack starting at the top, uh, 
Arnates to uh, flow reading of uh, 0.13 to 0.14. And the O2 flow is right now pegged uh, full-scale high, although it's been varying uh, dependent on thruster activity, uh, which has also given us main bus A undervolts uh, from a steady reading of about uh, 1.1 up to full-scale high. The T-scan is about uh, 445, and the condenser exhaust uh, 17, uh, correction 180. Let's see, uh, if you want it on the uh, DC indicator, uh, fuel cell 1 is uh, 0 amps, 2 is reading uh, somewhere between 44 and about uh, oscillating 44 to 48, again, depending on thrust activity. Three is uh, zero amps. Second check. Oh, control, Houston. Continuing to troubleshoot with the Apollo 13 crew, uh, closely watching oxygen quantities and pressures in the command module. Isolating the surge tank leaves uh, oxygen for entry if uh, this should become necessary. So if necessary, the uh, 13 crew could open the tunnel and use oxygen uh, from the lunar module. Apollo 13, how do you read? Okay, 13, this is Houston. It appears to us that we're uh, losing O2 flow through uh, fuel cell 3. So uh, we want you to close the react valve on fuel cell 3. It looks like fuel cell 1 and 2 are trying to hold up okay. Copy. You're saying uh, fuel cell one and two, uh, one and two are trying to hold up, but uh, we're leaking O2 out of fuel cell three. And you want me to uh, shut the react uh, valve on fuel cell three? Did I hear you right? That's affirmative. Uh, close the react valve on fuel cell three. Okay. I'll. Uh, I'll go to the SSR page. Uh, you want me to go through that whole smash for uh, fuel cell shutdown? Is that correct? Stand by. Hello, uh, 13 now, uh, 180,098 nautical miles uh, from Earth. Velocity now reading 3,219 feet per second. We're at uh, 56 hours, 58 minutes now into the flight. Okay, 13, uh, we want you to uh, turn the inline heaters off on fuel cell 1. We want you to go through the fuel cell shutdown procedure on fuel cell 3. Feedback. Okay, shut down the inline heaters on fuel cell 1. We're proceeding with the shutdown special subroutine for fuel cell 3. That's affirmative. Okay. Gain Omni Bravo, please. Houston, over. Uh, go ahead. Okay, uh, you got Omni Bravo, and uh, we'd like to have you verify that the uh, tape recorder is off, please. Uh, that's verified. Okay, Jack, uh, I'm sitting here with uh, an 0618 showing. I can't get rid of it. Uh, stand by, just to... Okay, fuel cell three reactor off, uh, 
Roger, Jim. Thank you. Well, Control Houston, uh, speaking from the spacecraft uh, for most of that conversation has been module pilot uh, Fred Hayes. We're at 57 hours, uh, one minute, so now to the flight. Okay, Jack, step two, special sub routine one, the fuel cell procedure has been completed. Roger, thank you. Hey, Jack, I'd like to bring on Jet A4. I've got uh, no uh, negative uh, pitch control, uh, in, negative pitch control in, uh, right now in either uh, direct or uh, uh, auto coils. Okay, you say no pitch in either direct or auto. You want to bring on A4? Uh, I, got a, I got a positive pitch rate, and I can't stop it. Okay. Okay, Jack, bring A4 on, uh, stop your pitch rate. Okay, that got it. And uh, 13, we need Omni Charlie, please. Omni Charlie. And uh, Fredo, we'd like to have you uh, verify fuel cell reactants. Uh, talk back is Barbara Fold. Uh, that's from I watched it and it uh, went bubble pole as I uh, threw the switch. Roger. Well, flight controllers, I'm handing over to Glenn. I assume the majority of other team guys are uh, pretty much briefed and up to speed as best we can. Now, what I'd suggest is the white team do two things. They go over the D-logs. Okay, Jack. Let me give you a thruster configuration right now. Able 1, Charlie 1, Able 2 are off. Charlie 2, main A. All the thrusters that I call it are on are on main A. Baker 1 off, Dog 1 on, Baker 2 off, Dog 2 on. Able 3, Charlie 3, Able 4, Charlie 4 on. Baker 3 off, Dog 3 on, Baker 4 off, Dog 4 on. Okay, Jack, uh, that thruster configuration uh, looks okay. All right. Okay, do you want some reading from uh, the systems test meter regarding fuel cells? Uh... Stand by one and a Jack. Uh, let me We've ask We've got some incompatibility here. Okay, 13, uh, we'd like to have you give us those systems test readings on fuel cell one and three, please. Okay, one and three, coming up. Okay, uh, Jack, one uh, A is reading uh, uh, lower scale zero. B is reading uh, three point four five. Okay, one so one and three. Okay, ignore that one B reading one uh, C is reading uh, three point four. One D is reading two point four. D is uh, reading point uh, two five. Is that two Bravo, Fred? Two Bravo is reading uh, about point two five to point three. 
Let me get back with you, Matt Flight. Stand by on these readouts. This is Apollo Control Houston, uh, 57 hours, 11 minutes. Uh, 4.1. We now show an altitude of 180,521 nautical miles. Here in Mission Control, we're looking uh, now looking towards an alternate mission. Swinging around the moon and using the uh, lunar module power systems because of the situation that has developed here this evening. We now show a velocity of 3,210 feet per second. This is Apollo Control, Houston. I do have a call-in number. If you'd like to ask a question or leave a comment, just dial 720-772-7988 and leave a message. I'm looking forward to sharing the questions that you may have with all of the listeners. As always, the links to everything we talked about today are in the show notes. If you're new to the podcast, I'd appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review. Reviews in Apple Podcasts help more people find out about the show, and they help make sure it reaches as many people as possible. Until next time, I'm John Mulnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.